so uh, last week um, we decided to do an alternative New Year's message, which was not about redressing the vision for the year um, and those kind of things. Instead, was trying to focus on this whole idea of what does it look like, um, I suppose, to have that revelation and realisation that nothing can separate us from the love of God. That Sometimes we create barriers or we create um, reasons as to why God might not be happy with us or satisfied with our, our way of working or who we are or what we're doing. Sometimes we discount ourselves um, by looking at other people and thinking they seem to have it all together. They're really spiritual. They're really disciplined. They're really great. God must be so proud of them. Whereas there's me over here just trying to keep my head above water. Um, we can sometimes kind of relegate ourselves to a position of not being good enough. And I suppose the essence of last week was to try and say to people, whatever has gone on in your life or whatever is going on in your life, uh, however many doubts or challenges or struggles you have, nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's the starting point. So the essence of last week was let's wipe the slate clean if you're sat there feeling like you're not good enough. Um, that's, that, that is so not true. Uh, and even with a million questions and massive doubts and, and confusion as to what you believe or what you think or feel, God is still who he is, who he always was, and he still loves you just as you are. Um, so rather than discounting yourself this year, give yourself a break um, and allow yourself a chance to just start from where you're at and move forward with God. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, I was a very, very good boy last week and I got the podcast done last Sunday afternoon. So um, if you want to go back and listen to that, um, even if it's just to um, acknowledge the fact that I was good at getting it edited and done, then I'd appreciate it. Um, so this week, um, we're kind of, I'm not talking directly about that, but there will be some, I suppose this was, this talk is, for me, is a bit of a, um, a follow-on in some ways that I feel inspired inspired by that subject last week to talk about what we're going to look at today and in essence I want to talk about how we learn to see God around us and I think the interesting thing for me is the reason I want to talk about this is because I feel like we can sometimes fall into the trap of feeling like there are kind of particular ways that we have to find God particular habits that we form that are the ways that we find God and we become accustomed to doing that um, so if someone was to say to you, how are you going to get spiritually motivated or how are you going to get inspired in your relationship with God? There's probably some go to things that you think you have to do to be able to do that. So in some ways, we're hardwired. If we if we have that thing, which often at the start of a new year we do, where you go, I feel like I need to sort out my relationship with God or I need to be more disciplined or I need to be uh, more aware of God in, in my life. We'll do things like look for where there are trends or where there's likes or where there's followers, where there's fame and where there's platform. Because what we do when we look at that, we go, what, what's popular with everyone else? Where is God showing up? And how do I know that? Because it's authenticated by the fact that loads of other people like it. Or loads of people are talking about how great this new worship album is or how great this new book is. So I'll just follow the trends because that's how I find uh, God and that's how I find the inspiration um, of, of, what, um, of what is being said and how I grab onto something. But the interesting thing for me 
is over the years, as I've begun to kind of try and pick all of this stuff apart, the demographic of what we go to when we want to find that stuff is actually pretty limited. So megachurch settings naturally elevate the same kind of characters to the platform. So they're generally middle class, extrovert, often white, married, straight men is often what we get. Now, there are exceptions to the rule, so don't shoot me down. But often, there, that, is the, that is the demographic that we, that we find when we begin to look at that kind of stuff. That is, where, that is often what we're kind of served with when we go down that line. What's popular? What's got traction? What's got likes? What is trending at the moment? It's often within that demographic. Um, and what we've seen over the years is um, though the ages of people have got younger and the clothes have got cooler, but the messages generally remain the same. So the stuff that goes mass market is highly motivational stuff. It's all stuff that can be chopped up into tiny little bits and shared on Instagram as a motivational quote or something that you could share and feel like it, it brightens your day a little bit. It's stuff that is really, really tweetable. And I really struggle with, with that sometimes. I feel like when people are sat writing a talk, I can imagine they go, yeah, brilliant. I can imagine people tweeting that. That's great, I'll put it in. Or I'll just change the way it's said because then everyone will tweet it. Um, and often these kind of messages are really engaging. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but there are kind of, it's almost a recipe of, of how do we find inspiration or motivation? This is often what we get served with. And none of that stuff makes what is being said wrong, okay? So often what is said is probably pretty good uh, and could actually be really helpful for a lot of people. And it obviously is because people are sharing it. Um, But relying on that style of presentation and delivery can often cause us to miss the subtlety of how we can see God. I think when we limit ourselves to go, I need inspiration, I'm going to go on this um, particular Instagram channel where I know I will be inspired, that's great. You may well come out of that and it may well be a box tick that you have found inspiration. But actually sometimes what happens is we miss the subtlety of how we can see God. Now last week uh, I read um, some stuff out of this book called Honest Advent, which is by a guy called Scott Erickson. Um, You'll see him on Instagram as uh, obviously... Instagram uh, motivational channel. Um, Scott the Painter, he's called. Um, but he's just a really interesting thinker. And I wanted to read a little bit as he's unpacking um, the story of Advent. Um, he's, he's got a section, a chapter um, called Unexpected. And this is what he says. Um, let me just check where I'm reading from. Um, okay. So it says this divine revelation will come to you today through unexpected avenues you've probably ignored. You may not know it, but a debate has been going on the last few years about how we're supposed to think about shepherds. The, shepherds, uh, um, the shepherd is an occupation found throughout the Bible. Many patriarchs of the Old Testament were shepherds at one time or another. The psalmist refers to the Lord as a shepherd. Even the prophets refer to the coming Messiah as a shepherd. So being a shepherd is good, right? But in Jesus' day, the shepherd had moved from hero to zero. If you were a shepherd, you were not the owner of the flock, but the hired hand charged with taking care of the flock. 
Recent scholarship suggests that the opinion of shepherds in Jesus' day was that they were dishonest and thieving. (laughs) Shepherding in a desert region required them to move around the land to find food and water, thus entailing their absence for long periods of time. Therefore, many claims are made against shepherds of pilfering other people's properties for resources, dealing in stolen sheep to grow flocks, and being religiously unclean for dealing with animals and breaking Sabbath law. So this is the reality of who shepherds were at the time when, this, um, when the Advent um, story happened. All that to say, shepherding was not the dream job of first century Jewish children. In fact, most Jewish boys at that time began learning the Torah at a young age in the hope that they would become some kind of religious teacher when they got older. It was a hard road and few made it. If you couldn't cut it in religious studies, you would learn a trade of a family member and do that for the rest of your life, like a fisherman or a carpenter. Either it was your lot in life or you were unsuccessful at a lot of things in order to become a shepherd. Yet it was shepherds to whom the angels were sent to announce the birth of Emmanuel. Why? Because in true, in true Yahweh form, The giver constantly uses the people we ignore to reveal the giver's ways. I loved that when I read it because it sparked off something in me that made me realise that the trends of what I would follow to find God are doing a disservice to the way he would often work. And you think about the, the, um, the, the story of Advent. Even the fact that God chooses Mary and Joseph as the people to carry um, the saviour of the world into the world. In modern day times, they are an immigrant family. And in this nation at the moment, immigrants are not considered top of the pile. And they're treated in a lot of situations as the lowest of the low. We can imagine that in today's scenario, immigrants trying to cross in a boat across the channel to to find solace somewhere. Imagine God choosing them to bring the saviour of the world into the earth, into the earth. It seems insane. But the fact is, throughout the Bible and throughout so many stories that we hear about God, this seems to be his trend. Yet we go to the popular Instagram channel with the motivational um, sound bites because that's how we easily get a quick fix of spiritual motivation. When in actual fact, God has got a proven track record of going, I like to work a bit differently and I like to surprise you in the way um, that I will reveal myself and show myself. So God has a track record of speaking through and working through, announcing himself through the most unexpected ways. So it begs the question for me, what might we be missing? What might we be missing um, that's going on around us all the time? Growing up, I felt like in order to hear God, it had to come from a reputable, authenticated source. And as a kid, I I grew up with this kind of fear and and worry about anything that wasn't badged as a Christian thing Um, that I should be wary of so many things anything secular as a a kid anything secular um, was was classed as a bit dangerous Um, and you shouldn't really rely on it or be inspired by it because it's got to come from something that that is um, dedicated to God Um, 
So it's potentially dangerous, but the Christian badge on something meant that everything was okay. And I think it's interesting, as, as I look at kind of how I went through life, um, I suppose I still see um, this in so many ways that people, especially in business, I don't know if you've ever dealt with people in business, and some people go, oh, well, we run a Christian business. Newsflash. Some of the Christian businesses I've come across are the worst <laughs> businesses that I've ever seen. Um, because it doesn't mean that you're suddenly amazing and suddenly great just because you put the badge on it. Uh, and actually, some of the most wonderful, amazing, godly-type people I've come across aren't Christians and, and are operating in a way that I think really honours the way God wants us to work. So it's not this badge that, that kind of means that everything is okay. And do you know one of the saddest things I've seen, and I've noticed this in the last couple of years, is when I've spoken to people... Um, about their lives or their, their families and what's going on. The number of people who have, have talked about their family and then apologised that their children weren't, in inverted commas, walking with the Lord. And almost saying, oh, they're a bit apologetic about it, going, oh, yeah, they're not really, they're not really following the way. Uh, and I kind of look at it and go, but they may be a wonderful human being who God loves as much as anyone else, and you love them, so please don't apologise for the fact that they're not where you had longed for and hoped that they would be, because they might be doing an amazing job and being who God wants them to be, but they've not got the badge. See what I'm saying? Um, and I think sometimes when, when we kind of fall into this trap of feeling like everything's got to look a certain way or be authenticated in a certain way, we can begin to miss different things. The book goes on to say this. Um, I'll just make sure I'm on the right page. Yeah, so he goes on to say this, but there's a deeper revelation that Jesus speaks to in all of the ignored and hidden aspects of life we find ourselves in. Rest from anxiety is woven into the makeup of a lily. Providential supply is revealed in the eating habits of birds. And the Almighty itself is waiting to be found hidden in someone described as the least of these. A neighbourhood kid who spends too much time at your house or an unemployed dad waiting in a welfare line, or maybe even the elderly Staples employee you mechanically interact with while replenishing your supply of ballpoint pens and computer paper. See, God is bad at PR on purpose, because the divine has no interest in ending up on TV, being big on Instagram, having its own line of cookware at Target. That's too obvious. That's what we do with, Re that's what we do with Revelation. I understand that the honourable intent, whenever we hear something life-changing, is that we want to share that with as many people as possible so they can hear it too. To get the most eyes on it, we make it big, loud, shiny and shareable in hopes of going viral on social media and making a lot of lives better. But let's be honest, we also try to figure out if we can monetize it. We're always trying to make a profit off anything true, especially God. I think that can be the temptation. 
And I feel like at points in my life, I've battled with that, this temptation of, I feel like God's wanting me to do something and, and somewhere in the back of my mind it's gone, how could, I, how could I make sure everyone sees this and knows about it? But actually, God, God's, God's not interested in kind of that big, like making everything big, loud and shiny. He's just interested in, in revealing himself to those people. And obviously it's difficult, isn't it? Because you look at it and go, but it's not a bad thing that the message gets out there. No, it's not a bad thing at all. But sometimes our motivation can be more driven by what do you think people will like the most or what will get the most traction. And actually sometimes we're sanitising or we're missing some of the kind of key things that maybe um, God might actually want to be saying um, in, these, in these times. So here's what I've begun to learn. God shows up in the most unexpected places. And that's what you see through the Bible. And maybe even for you, you've seen that in some of your interactions. God shows up in the most unexpected places. But they're only unexpected because of our limitations. I think this is what I want us to get today. They're only unexpected because we decide that it's unexpected. And actually, you look at God's track record, it's not actually unexpected. This is just the way God often works. We're just deciding that it's unexpected because we're used to it being big, loud and through this, funneled through this particular system which gives it validity. But the reality is, it's not actually unexpected. His track rec- he's got a track record of this. So why am I not expecting it? So when we talk about this question, how do I find God? It's actually way kind of wider and more accessible than we probably realised. So what does this look like for you and me? Well, actually, rather than saying I find God by going through these tried and tested channels where I know I will find it. It's about expanding our minds and opening our eyes and our perspective to seeing where God might actually be doing some amazing subtle work. And it might be that it's people that you meet at work. That it's not through a, a, a church kind of funnel and the place where you go to get that, that. I hope that when you come here, you also find that you can find God and be inspired. But what we're saying is don't limit it to that. Because it might be that someone that you meet at work that you just go, man, that was, that something was really special there. Rather than discount it and say, yeah, but it wasn't in church. So was it God? I don't think he's limited to those walls or those systems or those channels. It might be the song that you hear on the radio that speaks something into your life that just resonates with where you're at and who you are. Now, it might not have been written by a famous worship leader. So does it mean that it's still God? It, it can be, because believe it or not, God can still motivate and inspire people um, in all sorts of different ways. It might be that view on a journey as you look out the car window and something um, kind of bowls you over because you, you are in awe of something fantastic. Uh, Hannah had it this morning when she, she got up and looked out the window and the whole of the fields were just white with frost. And you had a moment of, wow, that is amazing. I mean, with Carol King King on in the background. Um, Yeah, she cried. Um, It might be um, a conversation or an interaction with a stranger 
that you've had where you just suddenly go, wow, that, that was amazing. That person was so lovely. That person was so amazing. And I feel really benefited from that connection today. It might be someone's story that you hear that just resonates. They might not even be a Christian. But something in their story made you just go, wow. And the fact is, just because someone might not realise that God's doing something or is at work in a particular situation, doesn't mean we can't recognise him working in a particular situation. It might be a podcast you hear. It might be that person's attitude in a situation that just completely blows you away. It might be an act of kindness that, that just really surprises you. Or it might be someone showing an incredible level of compassion in a situation. It's not limited to, oh, well, it wasn't done by a Christian charity, so we can't be sure of the actual motivation behind it. Let's stop kind of putting barriers in place to say this is good and this is this is not this is not good because um, it's not recognizing God in it actually God I think he's bigger than that and I think he's just interested in people and inspiring people loving people I think he delights in people who do the kind of things that he wants us to do whether they realize he loves them or not I think he can, tell, he can still delight and still take great pleasure in people being the kind of humans that he's called us all to be. So it's interesting. So for me, God will continue to show in settings that are, de- that are dedicated to him. That's obvious, isn't it? When someone sits down um, and decides to write a book or write a song or record a podcast or whatever it is because they feel inspired by studying God or learning more about him, it's obvious that he will show himself through that kind of stuff. So don't discount those avenues because those are kind of um, easy and simple ways, straightforward ways of knowing that we can find God. Um, And he will naturally speak through kind of those kind of things. And there'll be things that resonate with you. But the question is, where else might he be showing up? And the answer is, he could be anywhere and everywhere. The challenge for us is to open our eyes to make sure we notice it. And not discount things because they don't fit within the right boxes. So that's, in essence my kind of little nudge for us today to say how do we find God let's open our eyes wider and begin to see what he might be doing around us but one of the most exciting things to realize is that as well as stumbling across him in normal life we can also find him in the way that we operate and that hopefully will be one of the the important revelations for us today that sometimes we go um, and trying to find God in other places and forget to realize that actually when we act in the way that God wants us to we can find God there as well because we're doing the things that he's called us to do so he shows up when you stand up when you stand up in a situation where someone um, is maybe um, being overlooked or, or ill-treated or justice is not being done, when you stand up in those situations, God shows up in you and through you. Um, when you challenge an injustice, when you empathise with someone's pain, 
in a situation and you sit with someone in the mess of whatever's going on in their life, he shows up in that moment. When you speak... Um, when you stop to speak positives to someone and remind them of who they are, he shows up in those moments because you are being the very thing he's called you to be. And you don't have to go somewhere to find him because he's there in you in the way that you're acting. When you act in love, God can be seen. So that's an important thing for us to realise, that this isn't limited to we go somewhere to find him. Actually, sometimes we just need to be proactive in the way that we work, the way that we think, the way that we act and how we love people is the greatest opportunity for us to find God and see that he is working through us. So there's two challenges for us today. Firstly, open your eyes to see God showing himself in the people and places around you. So many, there's so many scenarios that you'll find yourself in this week. And the challenge is, can you open your eyes that little bit wider to notice where God might already be at work, where he might already be doing stuff and not limiting it to, well, I need to be in this setting at this time um, singing this song and responding in this way or praying this prayer in order to feel like I've found God. Hopefully there's a little bit of a news flash this morning that, that it's, it's bigger than that. It's wider than that. It's more accessible than that because he is not limited to those. Uh, he, can, he will work through those things, but he's not limited to that. So it's wider than that. And then the second challenge is step out and be love to those around you and play your part in showing God to people. So if you want to find God, sometimes it's actually just that he's in you, working through you. Recognise that. Embrace that. Um, because that is, the, you, you can discount yourself and go, oh yeah, but, but God works in much more elaborate, big ways. Hopefully this morning has challenged us to think that actually his track record is that he uses people like you and me in our everyday lives to show himself to other people. That's actually his track record. And even if you sit there and go, yeah, but I am not even sure that I 100% believe everything to do with this. Let's look at the history. He still works through those people. He chooses those people who are not at the top echelons of, of kind of spiritual society. He chooses the people who often get forgotten or, or left behind or, or ignored. That's his track record. So feel validated today in the fact that you are um, someone who can show God to other people. And my encouragement to you is be brave and um, be love to each person that you see this week and um, show him through that. Let's pray. Father God, um, I hope that there's something uh, for each of us to take away today. There will be different things that make us think and make us wonder about you. And God, I pray more than anything that we would find you this week in so many different ways, uh, in so many different scenarios that, that, yeah, we might be surprised because it is unexpected. But God, I pray that you begin to teach us uh, not to limit you by our expectation. That actually, if we can widen our perspective to say, God, I am open to seeing you everywhere and in all things, but also open to being you in situations and maybe bringing you to someone else 
in what might seem an unexpected way. But God, I just pray that you would inspire us and help us to do that. Sharpen our focus to realise when you're there um, and uh, opportunities for us to be able to really love those in front of us. So uh, help us as we try and do that this week. Amen.